0: Father, thanks so much for the promises that we have from your word. Thank you for being a God who always keeps his promise. And you promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. That you would provide what we need. That you would make a way for our relationship with you to be renewed and made right. And you did that through your son. Thank you. Thank you that in spite of our unfaithfulness, you're always faithful. In spite of the times that were unlovely and thankful to you for all that you've done that you still desire and pursue a relationship with us, thanks now in the next few moments as we open your word and we talk about truth would you open our hearts, would you help us to stop just long enough to to hear what it is that you have to say. I pray that your spirit would be able to touch us and change us. God, I can't help but think that in a room this size that there's some folks here that are just grasping at straws this morning and they're looking for a way out. Would you show them? Help us to understand truth we will praise you for it in your name amen thanks you can have a seat as you came in this morning you may have got one of these cards that uh, our greeters were passing out it's the next few weeks of this promise keepers uh, series and we thought that we would give you these cards so that if you have some friends or someone who uh, maybe one of these promises speaks into their life or it's something that you know that they're struggling with Uh, It may be a way for you to use that as an invite card to something that's coming up. And uh, one of the cool things about this series is that um, the promise keeper always keeps his word. And everything that we're talking about uh, this week and the next few weeks and what we've been talking about is just the truth of who Jesus Christ is and the fact that God loves us so much that he made promises with us as human beings And He intends on keeping those promises. And He will do whatever it takes to reach into our lives and to show us that He doesn't break His word. And this morning I'm going to talk about a promise that is found in Scripture. And this one's going to be a little difficult. I know they all have their kind of different uh, parts and different pieces to them. But we're going to talk about resistance to temptation or resisting temptation and there's some promises in Scripture about temptation. And I know that sitting in this room right now, that temptation for everybody sitting here, if you are breathing, how many of you are breathing? Some of you, it's, oh good, some of you it's in question, I know. Uh, maybe it's been a long weekend for you, but if you're breathing here, if you're not, can you let somebody know, because we need to help you. Um, but if you're here and you're breathing this morning, temptation is real. It's real. This is not something that a, re- a structured religion made up to keep you feeling guilty. That's not where temptation comes from. That is not why it's there. It is not something that a group of people have decided that there are things that if If you struggle with them, then they get to control you. That's not what this is about at all. Temptation is real. And there are many different types of temptation. Some of those are physical in nature. I don't know if you remember the story in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus is just getting ready to start his ministry and he goes out in the desert for a period of time, and Satan meets him there. And Satan tempts him in three different ways, and one of those was physical, one of those was with food. And we as human beings are tempted in physical manners. My wife and I were having a discussion about this message this week as we were walking, and my wife, who is a sweetheart, came up with a great idea for this part of the message, and she said that we should flash pictures of some of the desserts that she makes on a regular basis on the screen to help you realize just how real this is. She makes great cheesecake, by the way, and almost too much chocolate cake. Anyway, I get sidetracked so easily. Physical temptation is real, and that's one. And it takes all kinds of manners physically, guys, gals. It can be in the food we eat. It can be the things that we watch. It can be other things that we put in our bodies, physical. It's also mental and emotional. And when Jesus was out in the desert, Satan came to him and he said, look, you could... You could call the angels to come and rescue you. If you cast yourself off, you could just call the angels. And and often we're tempted in our mental and our emotional state that someone should care for me in a different way or I should feel different about myself or mentally I question myself, who I am. And so we have physical temptations and we have mental temptations and we have emotional temptations that come. And the last one that came to Jesus that day was Satan said, Hey, look, stand on this precipice. Look over all the world that I have before you. All of this could be yours. It's very interesting that Satan was tempting Jesus with something that already belonged to him. All of this could be yours. The power, the security could be yours. There are those of us who struggle with insecurity and the temptation for us is that of control and power. To have something in our hand that we can twist, that we can, we can put a name on it, we can call it our own. Temptation is real. And it looks different for every person who is sitting in this room. And the effect of it is different for every one of us. Temptation is not only real, but folks, you have to understand this. Temptation affects every one of us. There is not a person sitting in this room at this moment who is not affected in some way by temptation. You never come to a place in your life where temptation is gone. And you are not alone. The most godly person that you know is tempted. If Jesus Christ himself, while he was on this earth, could be tempted, then any one of us can be tempted as well. And temptation will not end until we are in glory, until we are in heaven with God himself. Temptation is real. It affects every one of us. And if you have been going through your life or you've been acting out your life in the last while saying, No, it doesn't affect me. Satan has you right where he wants you. And it probably means that you've yielded to temptation in areas of your life and you're not even aware of it. Something else you need to know about it is this. Temptation is not sin. It's real, but it's not sin. Yielding to to temptation is where sin happens. Temptation is always offering us something you got to realize that it's offering you something. There is something that you want. There's something that you're longing for. There's something that you think would bring fulfillment to your life. It's offering you happiness or fulfillment or freedom or joy or acceptance or power or security. It is offering you something all the time. And every time you give in to temptation, you feel like you are gaining something by going there. Or you wouldn't do it. So whatever the temptation is, what is it that you feel you gain by giving in? What are you hoping for when you start looking there at that temptation, whatever it is in your life? What's the payoff? What is it that you think you get By going there? This morning, I want to take a few moments and I want to look at scripture and I want you to see what God, the promise keeper, has to say about temptation. And let me say this to you. It's not dark and dreary. It's actually pretty awesome. God has some incredible things to say about temptation and his promises to us in the middle of this one are huge. And they have an incredible amount of freedom attached to them. So I want to start by looking at the first promise or the first kind of fact that we need to talk about about this promise It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 if you have your bible if not it'll be on the screen. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity but God is faithful He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. I love this verse. I love starting here because the promise keeper says this. Look, if you're a Christ follower, if you've come to the place where you understand your need of Jesus Christ, you understand that you're a sinner by nature, that there's nothing you can do to get rid of the sin on your own, you can't pay the price on your own, you can't do anything to buy your way out, that someone has done that for you already and that person being Jesus Christ came in a perfect way lived on this earth and as scripture says was tempted in every way that you have been walked this earth never sinned came to the end of the life his life on earth died a criminal's death to pay the price for your sin and my sin and offers us a free gift of life in him when I come to that place God says it this way. He says, look, there is no temptation has come upon you except what is common to all humanity. In other words, he's saying, look, you're not special. We're all special. We're all God's children. We're all created in his image. But he's saying this, look, your temptation, it's no different than anyone else's. You're not a special case. Yours isn't so hard that nobody could get out. You're the only person who who has dealt with this. You're the only person who's ever felt this. You're the only person who's struggled through this. No, he says, look, all of humanity has temptation. Everybody struggles the same way you do. They're just maybe better at hiding it than you are. That's all. And probably they're not. It's not new. It's not only you. It's not only me. But I love this. He says in the middle of that temptation, look at the next little phrase there. Can you see it? What's it say? But, what? But God is, let's do that. Nobody's with it. Was the verse up there? It is. Okay. (laughs) But what? But God is, let's do that again, but Yeah, he's the promise keeper. In the middle of that, he guarantees. Look, folks, as humanity, we're all going to struggle with temptation. But what? But God, is he sleeping off in the corner? Does he miss it? Does he not know what's going on in our life? What's he say? But God is faithful. That was the promise we had a few weeks ago, right? The promises of His presence. The promise that God would always be with us. It doesn't change in the middle of the temptation. In the middle of that difficulty, when that starts happening in your life, God is still faithful. He's still there. He's still with you. Remember, great is His faithfulness. He doesn't disappear. He's not hiding. He hasn't got His head somewhere else. He's not listening to someone else. He's there. God is faithful. He's with you. And I love this next part. And this is where it gets a little shaky for us as as humans, okay? But bear with me. Look at this next part. He will not allow you to be tempted. You say the next phrase. What is it? Whoa, hold it. Some of us are sitting here this morning saying, but I can't handle it. I can't do this. I can't put up with this. God, why would you allow this in my life? I can't do this. You know what? He knows. But the promise is this. I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle period. I got it. And what he's saying is this, look, I don't want you to do this alone. I don't want you to try to handle this alone. This isn't you grabbing your bootstraps and picking yourself up. That's not what this is. This is not you getting better at being you. That's not what this is because he says, I won't allow it. I'm with you. I'm in the middle of this. God is faithful. I'm in the middle of this with you. I'm walking with you. And I won't allow it because I'm beside you. I'm with you. I want to help you through this. But you got to turn to me in it. It's not you alone. It's you with the winner, with God, with the promise keeper. But with the temptation, and look at this next little phrase. He will what? What's it say? He's going to provide a way out. Some of us give up. Some of us in the middle of the temptation say, Oh, it's coming. I'm done. I might as well just give in. Forget it. And God says, Hey, look. In the middle of this, I'll provide you a way out. I worked for a heating company when I was finishing. I finished high school and was at Bible school, and I worked for a heating company for a short period of time, and I was the low dude on the toad and pull. And actually, it's the high. Did you know that? The low was, anyway, that's a whole other story. I I was the grunt laborer. Let's put it that way. And so we did a lot of chimneys over. So chimneys would get a lightning strike, or they'd have a small chimney fire, and it would break the liner in the chimney. And the job that we had was to go and beat the old liner out of the chimney and put a, put a stainless steel liner in the chimney. I worked for Woodchuck Heating and uh, we got into some real messes doing that job. And I remember one time my boss and I were breaking a liner out and somebody had been smart in building the chimney and decided that doing an offset chimney would be really cool unless you're the guy who's breaking the old liner out. And so I'm standing up on top of a three-story building on top of the chimney and I've got this drill and I'm beating the liner out. You have this drill with a long, 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 long uh, uh, cable thing that goes down and it, it spins down there and it breaks this clay liner, okay? And I'm standing up there on top of the, it's a great place, you can see so much. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking out this liner, right? And it's offset and, and it gets stuck, And I go down to my boss, and I said, Arnold, what are we going to do? This is How are we going to get this out? And he looks at me, and he said, Tim, remember this. Here's a lesson for you. There's always a way out. I'm like, wow, that's deep. (laughs) There's always a way out. And then he said, you may not like it. And I didn't, by the way. But there's always a way out. And we ended up beating a hole in the side of this house through the side of the chimney, the brickwork, to get all the line around. And we had to rebuild the whole thing. But there's always a way out. What I want you to get from this verse is this. God always gives you a way out. You may not like it. It probably will not be easy. It will require some work. It may require a lot of work. But the promise keeper, God, said, Whatever temptation that you're facing, I'm with you, and I will provide a way out. Folks, some of us are sitting in this room right now, and we've been dealing with temptations in our life. And we've been struggling with them. We've been struggling with them. We've been struggling with them. And God has offered us a way out. And we've looked at God and said, I don't want that way because it's too hard. I'm not going to take that one. And God looks at us and says, but that's the way out. I'm with you. I will walk with you. I will help you. I will give you what you need to get through that. And we go, no, I don't want to do that one. There's got to be an easier one, God. Come on, give me something different. See, the promise keeper said this. I'll always give you a way out. It's there. It's there. So that you may be able to bear it. The way may be hard. It may require something of you. But what the way does is this. It actually gives you the strength and the energy to bear the burden of of the temptation and to beat the temptation but there may be a cost now how in the world tim that's all great thank you for sharing that verse it's wonderful but how in the world does that actually practically work out in my life every day this is wonderful and i'm Glad God said that, but this thing, you don't know my temptation. You haven't been with me over the last 10 years of my life. You haven't experienced what I've experienced. So that's good, but how? Well, I want to talk about two ways, two parts to the way out this morning. Two parts to how that works out in my everyday life. I want to talk to you about the spiritual side of it, and I want to talk to you briefly about the physical side of it. Both matter. Don't grab one without the other. You need both. The spiritual side of this, folks, is if you are a Christ follower, you are in a battle. The battle is real. It's a battle that is fought every day, and Satan does not want you to win. Because if he can keep you sidetracked as a Christ follower, he knows that it affects the people who you directly affect. And he does not want you to win this battle. And he will not give up. He will continue to beat on you. But remember, God, the promise keeper said, I will provide a way. I'll be there for you. So the first of this is spiritual. I want to give you three truths found about the spiritual side of this battle that we're in. This whole thing of resisting temptation. Number one is this. Know the Word. Know the Word. Know the Bible. Psalm 119 verses 9 and 11 says this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Folks, you cannot fight a battle if you are not Prepared. If you look at Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, every time that Satan tempted him with anything, he answered him every time the same way he said, it is written. Here's how I know. Here's how I fight the battle. It is written. God has already said this. The promise Keeper's already made a statement. Guys, you've got to know the word of God. You've got to hide the word of God in your heart. You have got to have some ammunition, and that ammunition is found in the living, breathing word of God. A young man or a young woman keeps their, their way pure, keeps themselves right by knowing what God has said and hiding that in their heart. If you know that you're in a battle, if you know that you're in a war, then you take the right weapons to the fight. And some of us sitting here this morning, we're taking a toothpick to a gunfight. What we know about God's word is this big. It's the size of a toothpick. And we're in a battle that has guns and bombs and planes. And we walk in with our little toothpick and we say, here it is. And we're squished. Instead, we should be arming ourselves with the powerful word of God that defeats whatever the enemy has to toss at us. The other day, a couple weeks ago, we had an event happen in our chicken coop. We had a visitor, Mr. Mink. Mr. Mink found a hole. And my son sends me a text And he says, there's 13 chickens have been slaughtered in a very brief period of time. And then the emojis that followed were bombs and rifles and hatchets and knives and angry faces. He was not happy. So we got home. We looked and sure enough, Mr. Mink, he kept showing up. So we went down to the chicken coop and when I went to the chicken coop I did not grab my tiny Swiss Army knife Michael. I have one of those, but that's not what I took. I didn't take my hatchet. I would have liked to have. I didn't take the shovel I didn't take a sledgehammer I took two guns. I took a shotgun and I took a 22 because I didn't know if I was going to be up close or far away, but I was going to be ready. And I went in, and I set the bait, which was a dead chicken that he had so wonderfully killed, and I sat. But I went with the right weapons. It's the same in our lives with temptations. That chicken was a great temptation for Mr. Mink. But if I was there with my tiny Swiss Army knife, What good would it have done? Absolutely none. He'd have laughed. He'd have looked at me and said, you're crazy. And we do this with Satan all the time, folks. We know the temptation. We know what's coming. And we go to the battle unprepared. And God has everything that you need at your disposal. The Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It is everything that you need to fight the temptation. That's number one. Go prepared. Know the Word. Number two, ask for help. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He says this, ask me, ask me for help. God says you can boldly come into his presence and say, I need help. I need you to be there. And some of us are so proud and so full of ourselves that we don't want to bow our knee and say, God, I haven't got this. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't figure it out. I need help. Some of us think that people are watching us and we're afraid what they think if we admit we need help. And God says, would you just ask? Would you just ask? I want to help you. I want to give you what you need. Number three, know this. You already have victory. It's yours. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Folks, Jesus Christ has already won the war. And the battle is yours. The victory is yours. You have all the power that you need at your disposal. 2 Peter 1.3 says, He has given us everything required for life and godliness. God has it for you. He wants to give it to you. He needs you to ask. He needs you to come before him and ask him to help to be there. You see, I do that, but I still struggle, folks. Let me give you a really practical truth about this whole thing of temptation and struggling. Whatever you feed gets stronger. Let me say it again. Whatever you feed gets stronger. And if you feed that temptation, if you give in to that temptation, if you keep looking for ways to satisfy that need within you, it will get stronger and stronger and stronger. But if you starve it, if you go to God and you say, God, help me starve this thing. Help me figure out a way to take its teeth out. He will. He'll do it for you. Resistant to... To temptation is like building a muscle and the more that you work on it, the bigger it gets. The more that you resist, the greater the resolve that you have. And God wants to give that to you. He wants to help you with that. That's the spiritual side, the physical side. Let me give you this really quickly. Here's some physical steps. These aren't pretty, but they work. Here's some physical steps that you can take. Number one, run did you catch that run when temptation comes your way don't stand and look at it don't go Huh? i wonder if this is going to be different this time it's not it's the same every time you know that run i always think of joseph back in the old testament the story of joseph joseph is rising up in the ranks in egypt and temptation comes his way. He doesn't, do, he just, he turns around. It says in the Bible that this, not only did he turn around, ran, he left his coat and everything. He just, I'm out of here. It's temptation. Some of us, again, are fighting our pride. And you don't want to be caught running. You need to run. You need to run as fast as you possibly can. Run. When that temptation comes, it doesn't matter who's around. It doesn't matter what they think. Run. Run. Number two, learn your triggers so what's that Tim what are the things that what's the thing that puts you off what's the thing that triggers that need in your heart what's the thing that sets you looking at that temptation for real know your triggers know what it is that makes you give in an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure Knowing your trigger means that you don't have to go figure out how to get out. You already know the way out. What is the thing that drives you? Let me go back to the mink story. I'll tell you the whole story. A week before the mink showed up, we were cleaning out the chicken coop. The kids had the chicken coop pretty much clean. I went down. There was some frozen stuff that I had to help with. So I went down to help them, and as I looked, there was a hole in the floor in one of the pens of the chicken coop. The frost had pushed up one of the floorboards, and it made a hole about that big. Not really big, but, but a, a hole. And I looked at the hole, and as I was walking out of the chicken coop, I said, you know what, I should throw something over that hole in the floor. Now it'll be fine. Guess what? It wasn't fine. <laughs> Thirteen chicken later, I put something over the hole. In the floor. That's the trigger, folks. That's what it is in your mind. It's when the Spirit of God looks at you and He says, Hey, you know that's there? You ought to get rid of that. You ought to do away with that because that's going to have an effect on you later. And you go, No, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. And you just leave it there in the back of your mind. And you let it sit. And you let it sit. And you let it sit. And Satan goes, Oh, there's a hole in the floor. Huh. And Mr. Mink's walking underneath the chicken coop and he says... Man, they smell good. Oh, look, there's a little hole. That's exactly what Satan does in our lives. Know the triggers. Know the holes. Know the spots and get rid of them. Get rid of them now. Number three, practice saying no to yourself. This is called discipline. It's called self-discipline. Start saying no to yourself. Give yourself some small victories on some things that you know you can say no to and start telling yourself. You know that coffee that you get every day on the way to work? Just say no. Start working on some resolve in your life. Some self-discipline issues. You say, Tim, what? You're crazy. That's such a small thing. But it's those small things that build into us having the ability to have some control, some self-control in our lives. And dealing with temptation is about self-control. It's about not yielding. It's about having some power in our lives to tell ourselves what to do. It's okay for you to tell yourself what to do. Number three, number four, look after yourself. One of the triggers, one of the things that happens to us is when we get tired, when we get cranky, when we haven't exercised the way we're supposed to, when we're not looking after ourselves the way that we're supposed to, we start giving up on everything. And all of a sudden, temptation looks better and stuff looks easier and and ways of giving up. Well, I'll just give up. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing well anywhere in my life anyway, so why does it matter? I'll just give up. And Satan's got us. Last one, attitude matters. Don't fall into the I deserve, the negative, the entitlement trap. When you go there, you're giving temptation a foothold in your life. It becomes my mindset. I work so hard. My life is so difficult. Nobody has it as hard as I did. Yeah, they do. Everybody's life is exactly like yours. It is. Everybody faces the same difficulties. They just come cloaked in something different. Everybody has the same problems that you have. Check your attitude. Check your attitude with God. It matters. Remember, the promise keeper has given his word. There's always a way out. Always a way out. The question is, Are you willing to take it? I was thinking about that this week, that line. You know what I realized? Some of us don't want a way out. We've figured out how to be happy in our misery. And we've given up. Which is incredibly sad. Because God says, I can give you victory in your temptation. And I can give you freedom. If you want it. We're going to stand together and sing and ask the Holy Spirit to help us do that. And I ask that would be the prayer of your heart as we finish up this morning. Father, every one of us in this room are so aware that temptation is real. It's real in every one of our lives. We fight it every day of our life. And we need you. We can't do this on our own. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. But you are. The great promise keeper has told us that there's always a way out. He will provide a way out. God, would you grant us the courage to ask for your help? Would you grant us the courage to prepare for the battle, to learn the word of God, to hide it in our hearts, to allow that living word to fight for us? Would you grant us the resolve to beg, to plead for your help, to rest in you? Would you help us to be willing to run to get rid of our pride, to do the work and take the way out that you've provided. God, I can't help but think that there are some who are bowed right now who need this. Help them. Grant them the courage to say yes to you. And then help us as a body to be the encouragement to one another that we ought to be and fighting the battle that we're in. Grant us victory in the temptation that we face. Thank you for your son who promises us the victory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. Have a great week.